The comedian Yoko Smirnoff was a, a Soviet-born immigrant who came to the U.S. and uh, found his place in comedy. And one of his bits was this persona of being perpetually confused as this Soviet immigrant with, with what was going on in American culture. And so most of his jokes would end with the punchline, what a country. And so one of his lines, it was from an observation that he made in a grocery store where he saw powdered milk and powdered eggs and baby powder. What a country. We like things to be instant. We like things to be uh, uh, added water. Just add water. Uh, we made pancakes this morning, and we just add water because that's really the only way to make pancakes now. Why would you want to do it any other way? We, we, we have something that is quick and easy. We really uh, don't have delayed gratification. It might be a little different for babies. The baby powder does not work for those of you who are curious. My grandmother would spend hours making rolls, not just for holidays, but for just, just meals in general. She would, she would spend all this time and care and patience in, in mixing and kneading and letting it rise and kneading and letting it rise and then separating it out into rolls and putting it into the oven. And, and we just got, have a bag out of the freezer that we stick in the oven, maybe even microwave it. We have this sense where we want it now. We don't like to wait. Over this month, we have been going through the Gospel of Luke, looking at the songs of Christmas, these celebrations of who Jesus is and what it means for him to be here with us. And so if you want to go ahead and be turning to Luke chapter 2, we're going to be there this morning. Today we're wrapping up this series by looking at a song of, of someone who was waiting and waiting and waiting for a very long time for Christmas. Kids think they have it bad now as they, they wait for Christmas. This guy had been waiting his entire life into an old age waiting, and finally Christmas comes. And so look, let's look behind the music at Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Jesus is already a month old, and Joseph and Mary are taking the baby Jesus to Jerusalem to dedicate him at the temple. Verse 22, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the, Lord, in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And so this newborn Jesus is taken on this five-mile walk to Jerusalem as his parents, uh, Mary and Joseph, are, are pious people. They're, they're following and keeping with the laws of Judaism. And so they're supposed to take Jesus to Jerusalem, which they do. You think taking your kid to church doesn't sound strange, but, but think how funny it is that here Mary and Joseph are taking Jesus to church. They're taking him to the temple, and this is a big deal because the temple is the center of everything for the Jewish people. The temple is the nation's most sacred location. It's at the temple where they saw heaven and earth coming together. It's a space 
a thin space between the two realms of the spiritual and the physical. The temple is a big deal. This is the center of everything. It's called the house of the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 5, when the temple is being dedicated, it is, it is such a big event. The presence of God is so thick in that place that they have to lay down on the floor. This is where you encounter God, is at the temple. This is where you are close to God. Remember, it is in the temple that Zechariah encounters the angel telling him about John the Baptist. This is the place that they're going to following in their customs, following in their laws. As a child is dedicated, there are three things that happen. The first thing that happens is circumcision. This goes back to Abraham. In, this, in the circumcision, on the eighth day after the child is born, it was a sign that the child belonged to God. It was, it was a symbol of their new identity, an identity with the family of God. It's a reminder that, that I am God's. The second thing that would happen was this consecration, this, this blessing. And in this blessing, there was this communication over this child, this pronouncement over this child, a blessing that would give them purpose, that would give them a, a, a plan for their life, a path for their life. And then the third thing that would happen would be a sacrifice. A sacrifice should be a lamb if you could afford it, but pigeons and doves could be used if you were poor. And it says that Mary and Joseph brought pigeons and doves. They were poor, and they brought what they had to sacrifice to the God. And, to God. and the sacrifice was, was made so that God would not hold their sins against them or hold the sins against the child. And this is what they came here to do. And so we see these three things, this identity, this purpose, this peace, that all come from coming to God and giving this child to God. In verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So we have Simeon entering into the scene here. We're not told of his vocation, but we're told that he is a wise elder who walks with the Lord. The, the Holy Spirit is on him. He is righteous. He is devout. And he has been waiting and waiting and waiting for a very long time. He's been waiting his entire life for the consolation, which means the comfort of his people. He's waiting for someone to come in and bring comfort to them. And God has promised him that he would not die until he saw this comfort come. But he's not waiting for a baby. This is not what he had in mind. His expectations are totally different. And this is a good reminder for us that often the things that we are waiting for, the things that we are holding out for, sometimes those things come along in ways that we aren't expecting. That we think we're waiting for one thing, but God has something else for us. And so here is this old man who is waiting for the Messiah, and in comes a baby. This helpless baby who can do nothing but he knows that this is what God has promised. And so he sings 
this song. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Here he is holding this baby, little and fragile, holding this baby and declaring that this baby is the light. This baby is the one that has come to bring salvation and to bring light into darkness. And it is this light that come, with this light comes great revelation and great glory. But do you see the other character here as well? Simeon is not operating alone. Simeon is working with the Spirit. The Spirit comes in and does some incredible things. The Spirit is the one who tells Simeon that he will not die until he sees the Messiah. It's the Spirit who guides Simeon into the place to even encounter the Messiah. And it's the Spirit that tells him the baby is the Messiah. The Spirit is at work here. Throughout Luke and into Acts, we're going to see the move of the Spirit leading people to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that gets us in position to meet Jesus. And that's what he's doing with Simeon, and that's what he does with us. Simeon has encountered the Christ, has encountered Jesus here in this baby, and that gives him peace enough to die, peace enough to be done with his waiting. But included in this song is this strange bit about Gentiles, talking about all nations. Here they are in the temple, the holiest of locations for the Jews, and he sings that the revelation is not for the Jews, the revelation is for the Gentiles. Has the Messiah really come for them as well? Not only does the Messiah come in a form that they're not expecting, but the Messiah comes for people that they're not expecting. The Messiah comes for all. Jesus is for everyone. There is no distinction. He is for the whole of the world. And we've seen in Luke chapter 1 and 2 these strange characters that all come together with different, with different social backgrounds and different economic backgrounds, all to testify to Jesus. People in rural settings, people in the city, male and female, young and old, they're all sharing in the joy of the coming of Jesus. And Simeon reminds us again that Jesus is for everyone. There are no distinctions. He's for all of us. And he's talking about people who aren't there yet. He's standing in the temple talking about Gentiles who cannot even be present. They're not included, but they will be included. And so what does that say about us as we talk about who's not here yet? Jesus is for everyone, not just the ones that are sitting here celebrating today. And so who is it in our lives that need to know Jesus, who need to have an encounter with the Christ? 
And what testimony do we need to give? What lives do we need to live? What celebrations do we need to have? What invitations need to be made so that everyone can encounter the Christ? Invite them into the journey. Verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, here's the second verse of the song, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Imagine getting this blessing at baby dedication. As you hold your baby and this wise elder is speaking this truth over your child and says your child will cause the falling of many, the rising of many, and your own heart will be pierced. Mary will experience the pain of a mother losing a son. And Simeon is telling, or yeah, Simeon is telling her in this moment that with the reign of Christ comes opposition, comes heartache. This is somber news. And with this news, Simeon leaves the scene and is never seen again. But the final character enters in with her own praise. Verse 36, there was also a prophet, Anna. She was very old. She had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them. At that very moment, she gave thanks to God. And spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. Here comes in this woman who, by worldly standards, could be bitter and destitute. Here she is. She was widowed at a young age and never remarries and just throws herself at the service of God. Dedicates herself to worship. Dedicates herself to prayer. Dedicates herself to fasting. And she, too, has been waiting for this comfort. She has been waiting for this Christ, this Messiah. And she knows that this baby, this Jesus, is what they've been waiting for. And she wants everyone to know about it. And so she makes sure, she makes sure that everyone knows, everyone knows that this is who this child is. This child is the one that God has sent. She gives testimony and celebration and praise and glory to this child, saying this is the one we've been waiting for. See him, know him, encounter him. And finally, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. Here they are, they're leaving the temple and they're headed back home with Jesus. 
And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. What an amazing day to have at Jerusalem. It was going to be a good day anyway, but, but here is this message that is proclaimed over their child. Joseph and Mary, they knew that this child was special. They knew that J- Jesus had been, been called into something. They knew that he was the Messiah. They had already been told this, but now they're getting confirmation for it. And confirmation in the temple of all places. And then they take Jesus home with them. Jesus, this child of God, leaving the temple, leaving the house of God to their home, this new house of God. They have with them in their home the very presence of God in the form of Jesus. God is moving out of the temple, and Jesus is becoming that temple, the place where heaven and earth come together. And so when you come to Jesus, when you see Jesus, you are coming close into an encounter with God, and with that encounter with God, you you have a new identity marked upon you. You have a new purpose for your life. You have new peace that is found in the forgiveness of sins. These are the things that we encounter when we come to Jesus, when we see Jesus. Jesus, this new temple, this new presence of God, of of heaven coming close, coming among us and encountering us. We have new identity. We have new purpose. We have peace. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we celebrate Jesus. Jesus is for everyone. He invites you to come. He invites you to follow him, to encounter him, to be in his presence. He is the light of salvation. When we look upon Jesus this Christmas Eve, we see Jesus And to see Jesus is to see God's salvation. To see Jesus is to see God's light and to see his revelation. To see Jesus is to see God and his way revealed. To see Jesus gives us a new testimony. Gives us a testimony to reflect the hope he represents. Because it's not just for us. It's for everyone. And so this morning, we, we have candles. We, we were coming in with these candles that have no light on them. No light at all. And we're mindful of Jesus, who is the light of salvation. We light these candles today. The hope and the peace and the joy, and the love that all represents God coming to dwell among us. And it's not just for us. It's to be shared because Jesus is for everyone. And so we share this testimony today.
this great hope that we have. So share the light of the candle through the room as we worship and sing together. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for for the gift that he is to us. And God, I pray that as we continue on in this day and into this new year, that you will show us what it means to, to share this light, to share this testimony with others. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.